Hi, my name is Kevin and I have a podcast. This is a bonus episode of that podcast featuring episode two guest Katie Polson. In this bonus episode, Katie talks about being a dog mom for a former race dog. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of Why Do You Do That? Uh, on this episode, we have fan favorite Katie Polson back for a little bit of conversation on being a puppy mom, uh, in particular, being a puppy mom to a greyhound, in particular, being a puppy mom to a greyhound who used to be a racing dog, right? Yes, yes. She is a, a retired professional athlete and enjoying all of the perks that come with retired life. So like how, how old is your dog's name is Noodle for everyone. Uh, how old is Noodle? Yeah, so Noodle is uh, four and a half right now. She will turn five on Cinco de Mayo. So she'll be five on five, five. So gonna plan a big, big party this year. Uh, we got her almost a year ago. So she raced until she was almost four. Um, and we adopted her just, be tur- just before she turned four. So she's a almost five-year-old greyhound. Is that pretty common that greyhounds will race until they're about four and then go off and, and live with someone like you? Yes. Yeah, so the the way that it's set up is um, what her life looked like pre-joining the Polson Stewart pack. Um, for the first 12 months of a greyhound's life, they are, are with their litter. A lot of it is focused on like being a good dog with good socialization. Uh, Because that's one of the first reasons that you can flunk out of being a racer, having that career change, is that you don't get along well with other dogs or people. Do they call it career Um, changing? When no, I I picked that up from uh from guide dogs. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, Yeah, because because my girlfriend Meredith and I we uh, fostered a a future seeing eye dog over the summer, and that's yeah they call it career changing in in that realm. Yeah, that's where I got it from. So the the kind of earliest that you might adopt a racing greyhound is right about 12 months when they're doing their first kind of assessments for if they're a suitable racer of like, maybe they have some like food insecurity or something else. And they end up like not getting along well with other dogs. Or they don't like being handled by certain kinds of people. Um, a 12 month old greyhound is kind of the earlier end that you can get one. Um, and then they they start training for racing from the time that they are 12 months to about 18 months old. So a greyhound in that range that you adopt is one that just like isn't feeling it. There's some <laughs> where like they let the rabbit out and the dog runs the opposite way. They're like, yep, you are not wanting to be a racer. Let's find you a couch that you can sleep on all day. Um, once they're 18 months old, that's when they start racing professionally. And then racing careers, the really, really good ones might race until they're five or even six if they're really good, but kind of like their, their natural peak. Oh, she's moving right now. She's getting off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Which for those of you listening, that is the first time in us being on this call for over an hour that Noodle has moved. <laughs> yes. She's moved to a different sleeping location within the apartment. Um, But yeah, so greyhounds will race from the time that they're 18 months. The normal age you retire is three or four. So we like to say that Noodle was on like the 
the upper end of an average racer. She had 129 starts. She won 11 races and placed in 18. So she had a pretty, pretty good record. Um, she has a pretty high prey drive. So that what that's part of what helped her. And then like greyhounds are just built, man. Like if you think Pixar moms have a dump truck behind uh -huh. greyhounds are, they're one of the few, I think they're maybe the only breed of dog specifically listed in the King James Bible. And the reference to them are like beings that look comely and going or something really weird about basically like these dogs are ripped and their thighs are huge. <laughs> Thick dogs. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Noodle raced until she was just before she was four, basically towards the end of it, she wasn't, I don't know if they have specific criteria of like, if you don't win a race in so many starts, then they start to look for uh, a home for you. Uh, but towards the end, she just wasn't winning as much as her, her kennel owner would have liked. And she was getting to that age where it's like, okay, you kind of are passing your, your kind of prime athleticism period. And so a tired old lady. A, exactly. And that's what she does all day. She sleeps all day. So she is a tired old lady. Um, but then there's a number of organizations that foster these retired racers and find them a forever home. And one of the, the big, I guess, I don't know if it's necessarily a challenge, but like these dogs have grown up in a very specific environment and home life is not at all similar. So things like stairs, sewer grates, windows, hardwood floors, all of that is new and foreign to them. And they're not a puppy who's like really small with a low center of mass. These are, you know, two foot tall dogs <laughs> who've got gangly little limbs and are 80% elbows who need to learn like how to walk on hardwood floors and how to climb stairs. And that your glass sliding window is not a portal to the outside if it's closed. So the foster families do a lot of work helping get them ready for retired life. And a lot of the families who foster have greyhounds themselves. And so it helps the dogs adjust to like, what is the new normal? Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're very appreciative to the agency that we got Noodle from and her foster family that taught her how to be a chill couch potato. Did she, did she have to learn anything when she moved into your apartment or was she pretty much good? She's pretty much good. I think the biggest thing she had to learn was like, how to play with toys and to be food motivated. Like uh -huh. a lot of the kind of like puppy things that you would just be like, ah, it's a dog. They love to like chase balls and eat treats. Like it probably took us having her for like four or five months before she got really interested in treats because it just wasn't like a normal part of her life up till then like she got fed regularly and if she raced really well she got like extra food or extra good food but it wasn't like display this trick behavior for me and I'll reward you with food and so it took her like realizing like oh this is like a pretty neat thing I like this I uh one of one of the cool things that I got to experience having Kiki over the summer was that like when you're, a, when you're a leader dog and helping out a blind person, um, you have to have this one trick called touch basically, where you just like, you say touch holds out your hand and they just like nose into your hand so that you, know, you can identify where your dog is, that sort of thing. Are there any cool, like, obviously she was a, a, a working dog for four years. Does she have any like 
hangover tricks or like activities that she still will just kind of automatically do because of her history? Um, we haven't unlocked any of those yet. When we first had her every day at like between three and five o'clock, she would get really antsy. Like clearly her routine used to involve doing something okay. from three to five o'clock that being in the apartment while I was working from home was not the activity she was looking for. <laughs> uh, so we had things like that. Um, I don't know if she has any any carryover tricks that she really has. We, we've taught her to spin um, along the lines of Greyhound's thighs being super huge. It's similar mm -hmm. to how like really ripped bodybuilders, if you put the post-it note on their back, like they can't reach it because their muscles uh -huh. get in the way. Greyhound's thighs are so massive that they can't sit down. Um, they can squat, but when mm -hmm. they sit, their butts don't touch the ground. They just kind of hover. So it's like a pretty uncomfortable and not at all a natural behavior for them. So like most greyhounds, you don't teach them to sit. You have to teach them some other like regroup and focus on me trick. And so for Noodle, that spin. So we like tell her to spin around and she just like walks in a little circle and looks at us as our like, all right, regroup, refocus. Let's see, let's see what we need to do in this situation. So we've taught her that. That's a good trick. <laughs> How did you how did you know that you wanted a greyhound or did you go into this whole process thinking oh I want a greyhound even at all yeah so I have always wanted a dog growing up for 14 years I begged my parents to get a dog they eventually broke down when I was in high school and we got a beagle um and I love him to pieces but I'm like a, I'm a big dog person like I like I like big dogs um so I knew I wanted a a larger dog um and then as part of that 14 years of craving a dog i watched i don't even remember the um 101 dogs from animal planet it was like a tv show it was an hour long and they would highlight like three different breeds of dogs and kind of talk about like what makes them unique what makes them special i watched every single one of those episodes like three <laughs> times over as a child um so i knew a lot about a lot of different dogs um and then my boyfriend and I, who, who have been long distance and are finally now not long distance, uh, one, because of the pandemic, and two, because of some work changes, um, decided to get a dog. And we knew we wanted to get something that, by us adopting it, even if it was sitting home while we were going to work, its quality of life was improved. So it was really important to us that we adopt a dog and a lifestyle that we could give it would be an improvement upon its alternative. So we knew we wanted to adopt, not shop. Um, and then in doing research, we were just like, greyhounds are pretty neat. Like they look silly, how long they're, um, dolichocephalic is the name for their, their nose. So dolichocephalic <laughs> is the really long one. Um, mesocephalic is like your normal dog. It's what genetically dogs will, it's the dominant gene. So if you just like picked up a mutt from the street, it's probably mesocephalic. And then you've got your brachycephalic dogs, which are your pugs that like can't breathe because their noses are so smooshed in. I love um, pugs. So we just kind of like liked how they looked. <laughs> and then I have a, a good friend and coworker who also has a retired racing greyhound. And uh, so okay. from, from talking with different friends about the dogs that they had and kind of like how their dog was knowing that it was a you know sample size of the breed in general but you know kind of what 
what traits do they have that are representative? Um, greyhounds are known as the 45 mile an hour couch potato. As we referenced earlier, Noodle was just laying on the couch next to me for like an hour. She wants to run at 45 miles an hour for 30 seconds to a minute once a day. And then the rest of the day she wants to sleep. Um, so that was really conducive to kind of my boyfriend and I's lifestyle of we can take you out and go for a couple walks a day, but like we are not marathon runners. We are not hiking all over the place all the time and having this really like overly active life that like an Australian shepherd or something might need. Um, and then we also knew that our jobs require us to work outside of the home in normal circumstances. And so having a dog that would be okay to be home for, you know, six to eight hours and not have it bother them was important to us. And a greyhound met all of those criteria. And then on top of the fact that as a retired racer, right, you've got a large population of dogs looking for a forever home and greyhounds are just so, so gentle, so nice. They're very sensitive. If you yell at them, <laughs> it like really hurts their feelings. Aww. And so like we will eat food and she, she's interested in it. But if we give her a stern, no, she goes and lays down and leaves it alone. So like it, it was just a really kind of endearing trait. And then when you like look at them and watch them, like it's, it's hard not to love them. Wonderful. Uh, if somebody were interested in adopting a former race dog, do you have any like websites or organizations to go look into? Yeah, so if you're in the Cincinnati area, we got Noodle through Race Place Retire. Um, but depending on where you are geographically, you can just search for, you know, Greyhound, either rescue or adoption. Um, there's lots of people who have, are very opinionated about being pro or anti-racing. Um, personally, I'm pretty neutral on it. Like, like I said, if the dogs really don't want to race, they don't, and then they get retired immediately industry's gotten a lot better since, you know, the seventies and eighties, but just Google for local, either Greyhound adoption or Greyhound rescue. And you'll be able to get connected with an organization in your area that does it. Cincinnati for some reason has like several adoption agencies for Greyhounds. I think it's because we're pretty centrally located. Um, that makes sense. Texas just closed down most of their tracks. I think Iowa's in the process of closing down their tracks. The end of 2020 was the last day of racing in Florida. So I think maybe West Virginia is the only state in the U.S. that still has greyhound racing. So if you're looking to get one soon, there's a lot of retired racers looking for homes this, you know, spring and summer of 2021. Um, but they're, they're awesome dogs. They're wonderful family pets. Um, like, like all dogs, some of them have higher or lower prey drives. So if you have small fluffy animals or a cat, work with your adoption agency on getting a dog that, you know, meets your needs. Noodle has a very high prey drive. She is not cat safe. So we set her up for success by not putting her in a home with a cat where the fact that, you know, she would want to chase them isn't a problem for her and isn't a problem for any cats. <laughs> All right, as, as an owner of a cat, that is a, a good thing to consider. Cool. Well, thank you for telling us all about being a puppy mom, Katie. Of course. I, we love Noodle to Pieces. Uh, she helps us get outside even on the days when you'd rather sit on the couch and play video games. So definitely a positive investment from a health standpoint, uh, from physically as well as you know mental health standpoint. She's a fun addition to the family. If you're at a place where you can support a dog and you have the finances for it, it's a, it's a great thing to undertake.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. If you want to be a guest on a future show, or if you have a question for a previous guest, head on over to www.kevinhasapodcast.com and fill out the forms there. Thanks.